Ever wonder if there was something missing from your prayer life? I know I have. Come listen and find out that that something that's missing might be you. Welcome to A Word from Our Outpost with Joseph and Crystal Gruber, a podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling to be missionary-minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you so much for the gift of uh, being able to record uh, together, to have our conversation put out somewhere for someone or someones. We pray for them and we pray for each other as we have this conversation. May all that we say that is good, true, and beautiful remain with us and remain with others. And anything that is not good, true, or beautiful uh, be quickly forgotten, uh, first of all by us and then by others. We ask this in the most holy name of Jesus. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. feels like that was a silly prayer, but I'm serious. If people could just forget all the dumb things we say, I'd be happy. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be convenient. Well, I mean, for their good, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not just my ego. (laughs) I wasn't thinking about our egos at all. Oh, good. I don't want to mislead people. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, me too. This is beginning so well. (laughs) Off to a splendid start. Mm -hmm. It's beginning with drama, which is appropriate because we want... It was beginning with comedy. Okay, fair. I know, kind of drama. You're right. You always are. And what we (laughs) want to talk about tonight is the drama of... Atheist humanism. No. Oh. The drama of prayer. Is that, isn't that the name of a book you liked? Not the drama of prayer, but the atheist humanism one. Uh-huh. It's by Henri de Lubac. Got it. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Although maybe some other time. Next time. We not can, next time. No. So, someday we'll have a podcast about that book. But today. Drama of prayer. Prayer. It's dramatic. It can be. I don't think a lot of people think so. Right? I think, so we transitioned from being on-campus Catholic missionaries being in a parish Catholic missionaries almost exactly a year ago. Truth. And suddenly the age of our mission field has doubled, tripled? Certainly increased anyways. Increased. Um, Which means we have a lot of people with a lot of experience praying and not finding it dramatic. I think that's fair to say. Yes. So if this is a representative sample of Catholics in parishes. I think like a third party observer would say, you know, if all of these people aren't experiencing anything dramatic in prayer, prayer might not be dramatic. I would also say that on campus, a lot of people didn't find prayer dramatic because there were a lot of other things that seemed to be more worthwhile. Huh. You make a good point. And so whenever we have this, the excuse of, I don't have time for that, I think what we're really saying is I don't want to make time for that because it feels boring. Or not worthwhile at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for the most part, college students would just say that they're not praying, which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've met parishioners who do pray, but also find it boring. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's um, I don't know, maybe much more common now that we're finding. Uh, People who are sort of in a rut, people are sort of um, 
keeping on because it's tradition, keeping on because it's part of their routine, um, keeping on is because that's what good people do. So why is it why is it boring? I have a couple of theories. Is this the time to air them? Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so we're fans of Patrick Lencioni. Um, he's a business consultant. Uh, he's a Catholic himself. He runs a business called a consulting firm called The Table Group. He also uh, started helped to start something called The Amazing Parish, which puts a lot of like organizational health and management kinds of ideas into the hands of pastors and leadership teams in a, in a parish. But he's got one book in particular called Death by Meeting. Did you actually read Death by Meeting? Who knows? Okay, because I tell you about it. <laughs> I feel like I've read it because you've told me so much about it. Uh-huh. I've read it twice, so between the two of us, on average... <laughs> it's almost like I read it. Uh-huh. Um, but but I, I think there's a lot of similarities to how people approach meetings and find them boring, maybe life-sucking, but oddly necessary. Like, this is an obligation that we meet once a week. It's an obligation that we have this, you know, this sit-down meeting. Um, but nothing nothing seems to happen. Nothing seems to get decided. Nothing seems to be done. And so people are left with saying, I know it was good to do it, but I don't know what good it was. Um... And I think a lot of people might say the same thing about prayer. I know there are days when I uh, finish up with a holy hour or a holy half hour or, or whatever it is, and there's this kind of lingering thing like, I showed up, but I didn't actually totally show up. Um, and so I have that same kind of frustration that I feel when I leave a staff meeting or a, a team meeting or a, uh, even like a one-on-one -on -one meeting where... Nothing really seemed to happen. Nothing real seemed to, to to occur. Well, and I think it's a different sort of nothing seemed to happen than just like spending time getting to know someone versus like, why are we even here? Yeah. Like, so part of it is we've lost the reason why. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes prayer is just to be with, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so there's that question did I actually show up to be with our Lord? Because our Lord is there. So that's part of the question. Um, but if I can hop back into the death by meeting Patrick Lencioni stuff a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it, the, the book is very easy to read, fun to read. It's in story form. I encourage people to check it out, especially if you suffer through meetings. Um, uh, but one of the main takeaways is one of the reasons why meetings are so boring is because there's no drama. And drama happens when there's conflict, which means that there actually have to be things on the line, that people actually have to care about what's being said. And, and it's put really neatly, you know, like we're willing to sit down for a half hour or an hour or three hours to watch a TV show or a documentary or a movie about things that are not relevant to us, that won't change us in our day-to-day, is about other people's business, essentially. And yet, we have, we have trouble staying awake or staying alert or participating when we're sitting down having discussions that actually directly impact, mm. you know, our paycheck or the work that we're doing or the decisions we're making around the house or, or whatever else. Like, um, 
somehow we're missing the fact that in the meeting is where all the drama can and should take place. Mm. That all of these big time decisions, all of these issues, all these niggling doubts, this is the time for it to be aired. This is the time for um, constructive discussion, um, for brainstorming, for um, yeah, for for longer term planning. If you have the time for it, for shorter term planning. So what I hear you saying is that when we do bring things to the table that are challenging, that don't necessarily have a clear answer, that we don't really know about, that that adds drama to a meeting. And so to add drama to prayer, we want to bring those things to our Lord that we are wrestling with or that we're not okay with or that we're frustrated about. Yeah, I mean, I think... I I mean, I know this happened a lot in college where students wouldn't want to bring things to our Lord because they didn't want to hear what he had to say about it. But then they would also complain about having a really dry spiritual life and prayer wasn't very meaningful. It's like, well, (laughs) I don't think we can have it both ways. I don't Mm. think we can say, I'm not willing to talk about my vocation. I'm not willing to talk about my job. I'm not willing to talk about this relationship or that relationship. But... I want prayer to be exciting and meaningful. Mm. Like, I don't think we can have it both ways. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense with the the meeting analogy of to say, I want progress to be made. I want things to be better. I want things to change, but I'm not willing to bring up conflict. I'm not willing to bring up things that are difficult. Then there's no space for that change to occur. Right. It's It's... It's sort of like if we don't have any vulnerability mm. in our uh, interpersonal interactions, whether it be between other uh, people in a business meeting or a meeting with Jesus heart to heart before the Blessed Sacrament, that if we don't actually show some vulnerability um, by letting the other person know where we really stand and letting them respond, then, then it is going to be really boring. Mm-hmm. And this is why we'll go to the water cooler or um, to the lunchroom or to our friends or our family and tell them what we really thought mm. and still somehow feel good about that because at least we got it off our chest. Um, but we didn't get it off our chest in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I sort of rambled a bit there. Did I Did I make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it it brought up a, a whole other point of sometimes it, it seems like we feel the need for drama. Like, we, we know what topics could be dramatic because we're willing to talk to somebody about them. Mm-hmm. But we're not usually willing to talk to the person or the people that can enter into that drama and actually, full, like, bring it bring it to fulfillment. yeah. You know how I used to get on this soapbox about complaining? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. For like years when people would talk about complaining, I would try to distinguish between the legitimate complaint and the illegitimate. And all about legitimacy is, you know, to whom is the complaint addressed and for what purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, with the idea that a complaint is coming with a plea. So a plaintiff who is plaintively going to Uh, a king or a judge or an arbiter to find justice is saying, here's the situation. 
you have the power to change it, and I'm asking you to render a decision. Um, but if I go to a neighbor instead of the judge and give them my plea, the neighbor doesn't actually have the power to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, unless I have the pleas about my neighbor, in which case that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. That's Or unless your neighbor's also the judge, I suppose. Yeah, so <laughs> those are the two exceptions to what I said. But uh, for the most part, like the, the people that we go to with our complaints, what makes the complaint bad is either they're not the right person or the other option is we don't actually want a real solution, mm. that we want to hold on to the problem because there's some weird comfort in the the known problem. Mm -hmm. um, That's real. Yeah, or, or we just believe a lie that that the problem can't be resolved. So we may bring it up, but in this kind of despairing way, in this way that wasn't that's not actually open to real discussion. Yeah. So that opens a whole other can of worms. Shoot. But I was supposed to stuff worms in cans and put them out as podcasts, <laughs> not open them. Well, I think we want to open them and then that gives Did us... Did I say cans and worms or worms and cans? I don't know. But I do think that it's okay if we open cans of worms because then we can talk about those things more in... Future podcasts. Yes. Perfect. However, <laughs> to bring this one back... Please do. When... So what I think I hear you saying is, okay, so we often will give our complaint to a party that can't actually do anything about it. So we don't actually get to live out the drama and see the end, see the conclusion, see that. I mean, don't we all like when there's like a, a satisfying ending to a movie or a book or a story? I don't like being left hanging. Mm -hmm. And yet we leave ourselves hanging all the time if we're not bringing our complaint to the right place. So... How do we bring our complaint to God, our complaints to God, um, in a way that brings drama into prayer? What does that look like, sound like, feel like? Um, a thought mm -hmm. would be, so um, we'll probably talk about Lexio Divina at some point, and we'll probably talk about Ignatian Meditation at some point. Um, we'll probably talk about all different kinds of prayer over the different podcasts. Um but I really think a lot of it has to do with the step before the steps, which is to to recollect ourselves, to come and be aware of, you know, what what is on my mind today or this week? What are my decisions coming up? Where What have I been doing with my relationships, especially the most central relationships with my God, with my spouse, with my children, with my parents, with my siblings, with my coworkers? Um to, to bring, you know, different uh, moral questions up, like, you know, I've been struggling with this, um, with this tendency toward pride or this tendency to sloth, um, to have, to know, like, what is the dramatic material in my life mm -hmm. and to say, you know, you know, here, here it all is, Lord. Um, you get to pick if we're going to have, um, like, a TV show length of, Material, or if this is going to be like a Lord of the Rings extended edition uh, marathon of prayer, um, where we're going to work through the biggest stuff and the most momentous stuff, and all the fonts will be crashing to the ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so I, I think part of it is that zero step, the, the the step before the other steps of being recollected, and knowing what you're bringing to the Lord. 
which requires silence it does. in our lives. And I fill my silence with all sorts of things. Podcasts, you know? <laughs> and isn't that the rub? Like, here we are creating a podcast and then saying, wouldn't it be nice if we had a little bit more silence? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other ways of being recollected? I think oftentimes when I'm teaching people how to pray, they talk about, oh, it's not it's not working because I'm very distracted. And they'll list off the things that they're distracted by. And I think when we're not yet practiced at recollecting, that oftentimes those distractions are the Lord's way of bringing things up to us that he wants to address with us. And, and I think that I've found that sort of unbelievable at times because sometimes they're really silly things like getting a dentist appointment. Um, and yet a lot of times when I unpack that with the Lord, there's more there. Um, well, I mean, and that's one of the crazy things about God. He knows more about what's going on in our lives and everybody else's life. There's that story, probably not a true story, uh, about a man who um, was walking along in his business suit, going uh, heading toward a Starbucks or some other coffee shop. Doesn't have to be a star. Ignore the Starbucks reference. We're we're trying to be as non name droppy of anything. Anyways, coffee walking. shop walking, and he's praying as he's walking, and he feels the Holy Spirit tell him to do a cartwheel, and he knows how to do a cartwheel. He's he's done them before. He has some background in gymnastics, whatever. It's not an absurd thing physically for him to do. Uh, a little awkward because he's in his suit. Um, but he's like, no, that's silly. And he keeps praying and the Lord says, you know, do a cartwheel. He's like, well, it's not immoral. I'm not going to hit anybody. I'll just do it. And he does it. And he walks into the coffee shop. And the barista is there, you know, jaw agape and mouth agape, jaw dropped, probably. And he's like, what uh, what what just happened? Um, and the man who did the summer, uh, the cartwheel, he's like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, I was despairing of my life and I was going to commit suicide today. And I said, God, if you exist, make that man do a, uh, a cartwheel. And you just did a cartwheel. Is that a, I don't know if that's a true story. My apologies to truth on that one. Uh, but, but the idea, like, the silly things that come up in prayer... Mm-hmm. Um, they might be a distraction, but if we actually dialogue with God about it and say, you know, like, is there something there for me to do, you know, not for my sake, but for other people's sake, or just, you don't even have to tell me, Lord, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Right? So like the dentist office, you know, maybe you're supposed to be there for a particular day for a particular person mm-hmm. for your sake or their sake. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Might be because your teeth need cleaning. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a dentist. I'm not a dentist. Mm-hmm. Not even a dental hygienist. Not not anywhere near the dental world. So I'm having trouble keeping focused because I feel like I could go in so many different directions. We did go. In but. Many, if you check our outline. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty. Pretty. Pretty bare bones. Um, so what has been some drama in your prayer? Um, let's see. I mean, an easy one to talk about because people presumably don't know us very well, um, was the drama of coming here to be parish missionaries. And that was something where it was clear to you, Mm -hmm. um, that we were supposed to move when we moved. 
And so my prayer was very much more um, looking for confirmation from our Lord. It's like, is this actually something you would want for us? Does this make sense? Um, Because not going to lie, I enjoyed being on the college campus, being a missionary. Um, You weren't ready to go yet. No, no, I was not. Um, So that was dramatic, right? Because it had, you know, the fate of our family hanging in the balance. Um, Other kinds of drama. Do you have any good dramatic stories? Well, I like to be very visual in my prayers, you know. Mm -hmm. I do. They may not yet. Now now they know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was recently reminded of the practice of whatever... Thing I'm wrestling with that I, I want to talk to God about, but maybe don't necessarily have the words or feel like whatever conversations I have tried to have with the Lord haven't really gone anywhere to imagine that issue or thing or topic or whatever as um, a package and to give it to our Lord. And that's been an interesting one in terms of drama for me because each time that I've done it of late, I'm able to watch the Lord either take that package from me and do something with it or give it back to me as it is or take it along with me and then I can respond to that. Um, And so that's been a way that I've been able to engage my imagination with the Lord that has really surprised me Mm -hmm. how he's responded when I just am like, here, here's this thing. Um, And I'm excited to see how that, yeah, when I go back to those particular topics with the Lord, having started in that place, it then gives me the space to, um, I react, I react to the Lord's response. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's been helpful for me to, to actually step into the drama because I think I often, I don't, I don't want to be overly dramatic. I think I sort of prided myself growing up as not being super dramatic. And, and so I don't want to make a big deal of things with the Lord. And yet, when I've given him these things and he reacts in a way that I maybe don't like or that gets me excited and then I can react and respond, then that sort of opens the door for me to allow myself to be appropriately dramatic with the Lord about that topic. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is you're using your imagination, opening up your imagination to our Lord and, and, uh, constructing whatever the issue is, whatever the relationship, whatever it is, into like a box or a mm-hmm. or whatever kind of shape or object. And and you visualize yourself handing that to our Lord and he does things with it. Yes. And it's not what you expect. Mm-hmm. And and then you have to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a, a an imaginative uh field of interaction for you and our Lord. Yeah. Where there can be drama. Mm-hmm. That's epic. It is epic. Although sometimes I intentionally don't do that because he does respond and I don't always like it. Right? Yeah. The entering into the drama is hard. Yeah. Um, I tend to go more towards scripture mm-hmm. to interact with our Lord. Um, not that the imagination can't enter into scriptural stories. Clearly that's not true. Um, but I was praying with a passage from Mark's gospel for probably a couple of weeks. And the the thing that really caught me, that was really healing for me, and so that was dramatic, um, was that when Jesus is leaving the temple, somebody says, look at the stones, and he says, hey guys, they're all going to be destroyed. 
And then, as he's sitting on the Mount of Olives, an amazing thing happens, amazing to me at least, is that Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, come to him and ask him when this will happen. And the amazing thing is, you know, uh, we have heard quite a bit about, you know, Jesus focused a lot on the twelve, and among the twelve, especially on Peter, James, and John, the three. Um, And that has helped to kind of inform the apostolic activity of our work is, you know, focus in on a few um, and invest deeply. And I think I've often had this sense when it comes to uh, where I stand in relationship to the Lord. It's, you know, I'm the B team. I'm, you know, one of the last picked. I'm on the outside. So I, I sort of relate to Paul when he says, like, and me like an abomination, you know, born last. Um, but seeing Andrew come with Peter, James, and John and realizing um, I, it's actually a, it's actually within my uh, circle of influence I can draw close to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing blocking me from his side. Mm-hmm. Um, the block is usually on my side that I'm not drawing close. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of mind-blowing because when it's been, you know, well, maybe I just wasn't chosen to be as close or maybe I wasn't as, um, oh, spiritually athletic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, th- there there is something for me to do. Mm. Um to draw close to our Lord and that I can go to him with my questions and I couldn't go to him with my concerns because they were concerned. The temple was a big deal. And I think we forget how big of a deal it was. And for them to say, Lord, tell us more about this. I mean, this is something that would have been weighing on them as they walked from uh, the temple to the Mount of Olives. Mm. Um, So for you, entering into the drama of prayer is often through really the word of God really being the living word of God, you noticing something that strikes you and you feel the drama of it. And so Mm -hmm. you stay there. Yeah. For a long time, often. Maybe a ridiculously long time. I don't really know. That just boggles my mind how long you can spend. I think I'm actually really, really dumb. (laughs) Well, or at least really, really obtuse. It's like, I don't want to see the point of this. But I know there is one, and I'm too stubborn to let it go, but I'm too obtuse to see it right away. I don't even know how you're using obtuse in this context. Uh, not acute. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're cute. Awkward. Can we edit that out? <laughs> nope. Okay. But I, there's a determination there. You, you aren't willing to assume something isn't going to be dramatic, which is pretty neat. Oh, yeah. I mean, if and when we talk about Lexio Divina and the like, like the drama of scripture, I there are passages that I've studied and sat with and talked about with people for over a decade now that I can still go back to and be surprised about and confused about and troubled by or consoled by in new ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you really experience the living word of God is very alive and that, yeah. and so you are able to enter into the drama of the scriptures in a really beautiful way. Yeah. It might be one of the most, uh, powerful ways that I've learned humility. Mm. If I've learned very much humility, it's probably through just wrestling with the word of God Yeah, and realizing like I, this thing, I could not actually see it 
until the Lord told me it. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe to kind of summarize the drama of prayer for our listeners. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, you weren't looking at me to do that, were you? <laughs> you you started out so well with that sentence. Would, would you like me to try to do that? <laughs> I thought you you started out great. Dive on in. Yeah. Go for it. Are you talking to you or to me now? <laughs> I'm talking to our listeners about entering into the drama of prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Do it. <laughs> um, we will probably have many podcasts about prayer and about different ways to approach prayer. But I think with with any routine or method or time, if we're not... If I'm not bringing something to the Lord that I know I need to wrestle with, that I know has drama where I'm going to get up upset or excited or mad or sad, there's not going to be drama and I'm not going to feel like that's a, quote, good prayer time. And not that it's all about feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, it's 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 about our lives being conformed to Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and John Henry Newman had a quote that I'll, I'm going to butcher for everybody. You're welcome. Um, you know, to shoot, <laughs> uh, to grow is to change and to become perfect is to change often. Yeah. Something like something that. Something like that. And I was told many years ago that if somebody is praying, their lives should change. Mm. But I didn't really understand a corollary to that, which is that I'm not really praying if I'm not open to change, mm. right? Like if I'm not actually, and, and not just, am I open? Am I opening? Like what, mm-hmm. what part of my life have I yet to open to, to my Lord and my God to change? And I, and I think maybe as a closing thought, a reminder that the Lord is a gentle lover. He's not just going to rip open every single solitary spot in our lives that we need to change and then let us bleed to death. He he takes his time. He Your waits. imagery is like we're covered in bandages or something right now? <laughs> or skin? Are we covered in skin and he's tearing that off? I, I don't know. The I, image I, got I, weird. Okay, let's not talk about the image anymore then. But just that, that, that the Lord, he, we need to bring the drama to him. He waits for us. He wa- he'll address with us the things that we are ready to address. And so we don't need to worry about him just coming in and busting everything up and making us change our career and our vocation and our place of living and whatever else that we are attached to tomorrow. He might do that. Yeah. But he he's going to do what he does in a way that's good for for us. He knows us. He knows what we can handle. And so when we bring these things to him, we don't need to be scared of his response in the drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Is that a good place to stop? I think so. Because I was about to bring up another topic. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll leave that for another time. I like it. Great. Would you like to pray us out? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Open our hearts to allow our Lord to conform us more closely into him, his image and his likeness. Help us to draw near to Our Lady as she did these things perfectly. 
Let us be inspired by her willingness to have her life changed. Mother Mary, intercede for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Take my hand let's be on our way. Okay, a real quick addendum. I realized I had forgotten what my prayer experience was that got my heart ready to come to parish life as a missionary. Long story short, I watched Iron Man with Jesus, and he showed me again and again Tony Stark saving families, showing me that that's what he wanted me to do. And I was like, okay, Lord, if I can be like Tony Stark, I'll do it. The end. From our outpost to yours. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to John Mark Skoke. That's S-K-O-C-H. For the music. Check him out on Spotify.